Hi Colin and welcome back. Thank you for joining us again to talk on the area of superannuation and in particular self-managed super funds. That's okay Jean, no worries, happy to assist. Okay, let's get into it. We had a really informative and a lovely chat last time about your history in the financial services industry. We discussed with the listeners what, what's involved if they want to set up a self-managed super fund. And for anyone who's not listened to the previous recording with Colin Owens, I really encourage you to look under Trading Room on the website, Talking Wealth, and you'll find uh, the recordings that we've done there. Well, one recording with you and me anyway. These recordings are an important part of supporting you, the listener, to take more control of your investments, both inside and out of super. The main focus, I think, for this series of recordings has been really we wanted to lift your awareness and to give you some st first steps in doing something with your super, for, particularly for those who are looking to set yourself up uh, well into your retirement. Now, we know a massive amount of money has been flowing into self-managed super funds. In fact, we've around 40% of all super money, uh, which is $1.5 now, I think the balance is, um, is now held in self-managed super funds rather than industry or public funds. And there's real and growing priority by people from all walks of life to prepare financially for retirement, which I think is really exciting to be moving away from this view that someone else is going to look after you when you get older. And to, just to be more active about it rather than just assuming that an adequate level of savings will be there. This week, um, I'd like to cover some areas around self-managed super, um, particularly for people in their 50s or even into their 60s, simply because anyone in this age bracket will, of course, have less time than someone like me, for instance, and I'm not giving away my age, but I am hey, younger than I was going to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> and, and all for those in their 30s and 40s. <laughs> Um, time is really important when it comes to your super. Um, so, look, would you agree with that, Colin? The timing issue is such a critical thing. Yeah, absolutely, Janine. Um, speaking from um, experience, because I'm one of those persons that uh, happen to be even over 60 that you just mentioned. Uh, not, <laughs> not much telling, over, not, telling but not giving it away. No. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, the more time that people can allocate to creating growth in a tax-advantaged environment is extremely important, and superannuation is exactly the medium that we need to use. Uh, we've, we find a lot that um, it hasn't been prioritised in the scheme of things as mm. early as it should have been by yeah. people, and so therefore you know, the ability for them to create growth in their portfolios just doesn't occur. Yeah, and it's a sad thing that, you know, it doesn't need to be that way. Clearly, like, the more time that you have, you're likely to benefit from the compounding returns. We can't just put our heads in the sand and hope that our super balance won't fall short of where it would be uh, or would need to be to provide us with our lifestyles that we believe we deserve when we retire. Yeah. So would you, what would you say, Colin, to someone in this age group who's thinking about setting up a self-managed super fund? Look, the first thing that comes to mind, and it's a key thing, mm. is planning. Yep, definitely. Because you can't get anywhere without a really good plan. The big P that, word, is that it? It is, absolutely. <laughs> so let's face it, without a plan, um, and this applies to any investment strategy within a self-managed super fund also, many efforts that people um, go about trying to um, achieve in creating wealth, mm. they're just not successful mm. and they don't come up with the results that they desire. Yep. So, you know, look, there's a number of um, important points that should be made here mm -hmm. and the first part of that is a plan um, to establish a, uh, a self-managed super fund, sorry. Yeah. In setting up a self-managed super fund, you've got to 
actually plan for it. Yeah. You can't just let it go and think that's it's right. all going to fall into place. And Nobody's got, going to do it for you, in other words. No, is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. And another point is, you know, how does the cost compare with the level of funds that you have to put into a self-managed super fund? Yeah. Um, what... And, I'll just go through a few points here. Um, what style or type of assets do you plan to have in your fund? Yep. Do I need to set the fund up with individual trustees or with a corporate trustee arrangement? When, Look, just, as a, just as a question um, off the bat, when would someone, as an example, like myself say, and I know you can't give me personal financial advice, but when would someone consider setting up an individual trustee as opposed to a corporate trustee arrangement? Well, it's interesting because I was looking at some, some statistics not so long ago and um, the ATO was saying that something like 80% of all people are setting up individual trustee um, superannuation funds as mm. opposed to a corporate trustee arrangement. Mm. Most people that want to set up a corporate trustee arrangement will do it because of the uh, sole purpose of purchasing property. Right. Um, otherwise, they'll go down the individual trustee road. Yeah, okay. And... Yeah, well, well That's actually, an interesting as we point go to in, research on further, for people, mm. yeah, we'll explain more about that. Yeah, um, and I guess um, the key factors. Yeah, um, key. Uh, one of the really key factors mm. are what are your time horizons? Yes, and when am I expecting to retire? Because the, these factors determine how much time you've got to invest mm. and in what investment mediums you're going Correct. to do. Because if someone's only going to retire in two or three years, they're, they're it's not much point in going into and, and putting a lot of your assets into Australian equities or international equities or something mm. like that because you're not going to give them time to actually grow. But if you if you physically retire from the workforce, say, before the retirement age, then you're still going to have plenty of time for the assets to grow. Yeah. But it just means that the amount of money that you're able to put into it is not going yeah. to grow, well, the fund. Yeah, that's right. You might not put 90% mm. of your investments into Australian equities. Mm. You might put 50%. So there's a balance. Depending on your situation and what your, your propensity exactly. to risk is. And yep, and the amount of time you've got. Yeah. So, yeah. And as you know, there's a, there's a lot of um, um, information you need mm. to actually invest in these sort of areas. That's right. And it's got to be properly researched and planned for. That's right. Yep. So, um, look, talking about um, time horizons and all sort of stuff and giving um, investments time to invest... Have you come across the rule of 72? Yes, that's a good old one, isn't it? It is a very, very good old one. Do you want to explain it or do you want me to? Well, what they can do, they can work out the, the return that they need in order to double their money in 10 years by using the rule of 72. So if you take 72 divided by 10, 10 for 10 years, yep. um, you'll obviously come up with 7.2%, which is what people would need to do in order to double their, their funds. So that's a nice, simple one. I'm glad it you is. brought that up. Or vice versa. If um, you want to in, uh, increase your funds twofold, mm -hmm. um, seven point um, two years mm -hmm. at ten percent, will right. achieve the same thing. That's a good point. Glad we looked at both sides. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the point that I'm making here: time is very important in an investment environment. It's also the amount of investment risk an, individu an individual is prepared to accept. Um, another key mm. point: um, this may well differ from a person who is seeking to set up a a self-managed super fund. I hope people don't mind if I say SMSF because mm -hmm. it's a lot easier That's than a, a whole lot of words. Yes, um, I'm sure they're used to the lingo now. Especially when they're going into a, um, a pension phase as opposed to someone who has 10 years or more to retirement and is in an, accu an accumulation phase. So can you just define the pension phase? 
Well, basically, the pension phase is when you begin to take a pension, mm -hmm. and your investment dollars when you're in a pension phase are not taxed. Right. So that's a fair way off in my situation. So, you know, I mean, I've got a fair amount of time on my side. However, you know, time goes quickly. We're already at Easter and, you know, I was talking about this around Christmas time. So time can slip away from us all. We've got to really do something about it as soon as possible, don't for we? For sure. So, look, I'm really concerned, particularly for a lot of women, who fall short of being able to independently fund their retirement. And facts are that, in general, women are likely to have almost half the super of men. And these days, the divorce rate is being reported to be close to 50%, which um, most people are aware of. But they don't think about the, the ramifications of that situation and what can happen. And this means that a lot of women will be particularly vulnerable um, to not having enough money in retirement and in a lot of cases will be faced with the prospect of taking steps to grow their wealth or, or face relying on government pension to fill the gap between what their super will provide and what they need just to survive. So having had the opportunity to talk to a number of women who are living on the pension, they tell me that the money just doesn't go very far. Like It's not like you can go on lots of trips during the year when you're living on that kind of income and nobody sets out in their early days putting their hand up and saying, that's what I want for my future. Yep. It's just totally not the picture they're expecting to have. Yep. And I'd like to see more women have the life that they would like to have in retirement. I mean, more more people in general. I, I shouldn't just say women, but look, I do a lot of work in, with women and helping to, helping them to get on track with achieving their financial goals through the share market. And so that's why it's an area of focus for me. And I don't want them to have to settle for, you know, living on a pension. Um, you've had a lot of people call you about self-managed super funds, haven't you? Very true. And and what are the main concerns, particularly for women that you speak to? Gee, you don't like to give me the hard questions, do you? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it's it's a reasonably involved question and um, it probably would take up just about this whole session if we really went into great depth in it. Yep. But um, just to summarise a lot of um, what you've said, um uh, Look, many people, not just women, as you mentioned, um, who I get to speak to, leave the process of creating wealth to the last minute mm. and expect to be able to achieve comfortable retirement nest eggs in only a couple of years. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, um, reality is that this is unlikely to occur. Yep. Um, yeah. How often do you ever see it? It just doesn't happen. Well, that's uh, why we're putting these on because we're hoping to get people's attention well before that stage. Yep. And as I mentioned before, the earlier savings and investment arrangements are instigated, the greater the chances are mm. of enjoying um, a comfortable retirement yes. um, and obviously a lifestyle. Um, you know, I've had quite a few calls, as you um, indicated, from women in those situations, and the calls really do vary quite a lot. Mm -hmm. I guess the two underlying situations are that, on one hand, you have women who, although they have taken a year or two to come to the realisation that unless they do something, it will not happen. Yeah and have therefore initiated um, actions to work towards achieving their own financial independence. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by this is they have been prepared to undertake, in some cases, further education to understand how investment or, and or share trading works and how it can help them in growing their portfolios. Others just prefer to uh, go down the DIY investment side of things um, and leave it up to uh, the professionals or the experts to uh, uh, to achieve the goals for them. Yeah, and that's, and that's fair fine. enough. Yep. Mm. And in fact, I would more prefer people try and do that because um, 
it, it actually gives them more self-confidence. We've well, got to and, start somewhere. Yep, yeah, that's and, right. You know, people. And the first step may be to do that. That's right. And then mm. the next step is to start to learn and develop your own skills. Yeah. So as you can actually take even more charge of it mm. and be more personalised in the way you go about doing your investments that suit your own yep. risk profile. Agreed. Um, and. As I said, the key factor here is that they have wanted to take control of their own financial position and really take advantage of the benefits that arise from running and being in control of your own super. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, other situations, um, it's not been quite so clear-cut. Um, significant level of indecision and lack of knowledge about money being evident. Yeah, um, isn't it sad? Yeah, People it get is. to this stage of their lives yep. and they still haven't got the knowledge to yep. understand these Look, sorts of you, things. You I think find this in a situation not just with um, with women and divorcees and that mm. sort of thing, but you also find it in situations of husbands and wives where one of the, the partners has actually just become deceased mm-hmm. and someone's left to fend for themselves yeah. and they have no knowledge of how to handle money mm-hmm. or else the money has slowly disappeared and they haven't been aware of it. And let's face it, a single pension is only entitled to about $19,000 a year in pension. Yeah. How do you live on that? That's right. It's it's almost impossible. Look, so, also, I, I've, over my you know career, I've known a lot of guys, particularly now we're talking about the men now, who have spent a lot of time developing their careers, but no time developing any other income stream or their investment on the side. They don't. They don't. And sometimes, in some cases, their wives may be not working full time, yep. and could be putting in the time to get it so that the family can get ahead in the investing area. Um, but the women don't have the confidence unless they've got someone to give them a bit of a hand. Yeah, that's right. And yep. sometimes the men, you know, they get a bit funny about the women doing that, which I think they're absolutely crazy because. You know, if all your time is spent bringing in one income, you need to be able to be flexible as a team, as a family team, to allow other people to do that. That's right. So, therefore, it's most important that anyone, not just women in this situation, begin to plan for retirement, and once again, as early as possible before retirement, and use whatever funds they have available to them to invest wisely and for the long term. Mm. See, I've said long term, uh, and that's, once again, most important. and I really can only recommend that professional advice is sought to ensure that the maximum gain or growth can really be achieved using the investment funds available. And even if you have it in your mind that you think it might be too late for you, then get your children involved. You know, yeah. I mean, if you've got children in your third, in their twenties, thirties, or forties who are just, you know, pulling their finances together, um, if you get involved, they're bound to start asking you questions and want to get involved as well. Yep, that's for sure. And another point that comes to mind, um, some women, more so than men, just find it all too daunting and mm. tend to do nothing. Yep. Um, this is most disappointing. You know, as, a, as a little time allocated to initially learning or seeking advice from a, a, a professional type person mm-hmm. can really pay huge dividends. Yeah. So when, I, I know a lot of women who are doing this now. I yeah. think when I started to learn how to trade the market, Colin, there were literally 5% of women in the class. Yeah. Uh, now that's changed. You know, it's yeah, dramatic change. It's probably 60. more like 40 oh, you know, I think to it's 50. Higher than that. Really now? Yeah. Okay, yeah. look, I was, you know, quite positive about us getting, yeah. you know, th- 40 to 50, but if we're getting nearly 60, yeah. that's just completely awesome and the yeah. guys better hurry up and catch up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, could be a gender race. Women are taking over. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and the other point is that, you know, getting back into these sort of things, once again, it's most important to put a plan together. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's only a case of sitting down with a bit of paper and staying well, to map something out. Well, part of my plan out. is talking to you. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> 
So like anything we do in life, things are easy when we know how. And what are three things that people in their 50s and 60s age bracket need to be thinking about in relation to their super as they near retirement? Look, the first thing that comes to mind is to ensure your funds are diversified across asset sectors. And when approaching the last couple of years prior to retiring, not pushing into high-risk investments. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying not be in them, yeah. but I'm just saying, you know, don't, don't push hard. Don't push too hard. Yep. yep. And, you know, you can get into high-risk investments and still be conservative about it. Mm. Yep. Have to have more knowledge, though, the higher the risk. Yep. Yep. Um, and I guess another point is, you know, do not follow the last best investment sector. This is a um, an issue that I've been harping on for years and years and years. And actually, BT Funds Management did a big um, research paper on it. And they actually tracked what happens when you Have you still chase got that? No, I haven't. Oh. Chase the the previous best sector, yep. Uh, as opposed to having a um, a balanced portfolio and a diversified portfolio, and just moving within those those okay. sectors, mm-hmm. and the chasing the the last best return mm-hmm. was a dismal failure. Yep. So, and that's funny because that's the same with the, the share market. When you look at the sectors in the share market, that often yep. happens as well. It does. You might, you know, people were really excited about gold for yep. you know a year or two, and then all of a sudden, gold just went south yep. and hasn't done anything. Yep. So as I'm saying, look, you know, to chase everything. the last best mm-hmm. sector is really a recipe for disaster. So on most occasions, the last best sector becomes the also ran in the following term. <laughs> so you know, okay. you just, you're just not going to win. Yes. And we're seeing it now. I mean, we've seen it with um, people investing through our direct equity managed account service. Mm-hmm. Um, people have, have chased the term deposits over the last 18 months, two years, because they couldn't um, or didn't have the patience to wait through the, the what's mm-hmm. known. And now we've seen over the last financial year, we've got clients in our portfolios returning 18, 19 and 20% yeah. since you know, in the last nine months. Yep, they've because been the patient. Because the market's, markets well, kicked, kicked well, on. Well, they've come on at that, that yeah. just the right time. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, you, you get this um, this movement in the last best sectors. And while it's great to chase high returns, mm. unless an individual has market knowledge and the appropriate get-out-of-jail ability, in other words, exit strategies from these investments, okay. potential <laughs> large losses at, at, at these stages of life cycles can be fundamentally and detrimental to um, a portfolio. So, Which ha- is crazy, really, because the cost, you know, that's involved in not knowing, ignorance yep. can be expensive, oh, I think yeah. we often talk about, don't we? That's right. So diversification and balance um, in a planned investment strategy to achieve goals is most important. So does it take a lot of time to manage your own super fund? No. This is the funny part about it. Look, you can go into different websites and have a look at all the complications and everything that that people put across it. Mm. But a basic self-managed super fund is really very straightforward and there's only a few key factors which you really need to take into consideration. Mm -hmm. And it really depends on the nature of the underlying assets within the superannuation fund that a person wants to run with. Um, So if you keep it simple in the super fund. Yep. Mm. Um, And once the investment strategy is set and structured Mm -hmm. and a routine of the necessary activities uh, that are required within the self-managed super funds as, as established, mm. um, then everything just falls into place. Okay. Um, look, I, I know of people that are going around Australia in caravans, they've got laptops that they can um, use to uh, log into their internet um, and download information and, and do all their transactions and they only need to do it once a fortnight or once a month. Wow, that's and, great. And, uh, you know, they're just loving, um, loving the freedom. Loving life, yeah. yeah. 
Well, look, um, we've had a lot of people learning how to invest themselves in direct shares or wanting to diversify into other areas. Do you see a self-managed super fund as being ideal in this scenario or do you think there's another avenue there? Yes, Janine. Look, we've, we have a very high percentage, over 50% of SMS invested through our direct equity managed account service. Many of these investors have either completed our diploma of share trading and investment course mm-hmm. and then decided rather than spending time analysing investments and not having any spare time to do the things that they really wanted to, um, invested their um, share exposure with mm-hmm. us using our services and having decided uh, then to sort of phase their trading in later on so as yeah. they can manage it themselves. And that's a strategy so, in itself. Yeah. Look, um, I've... We've got one person on board. Look, I'll give you an example. Um, I wasn't going to go into this because it takes a bit more time, but mm. we've got a client that's got 400,000. They've been going through doing the Diploma of um, Share Trading, mm. and their plan is that when they've completed the Diploma of Share Trading, they'll take $100,000 out, which mm. they can uh, freely take out. No, There's no fees involved, and they'll start trading with that until they can grow some confidence. But at the same time, they're watching you, mm. Janine, yep. you, as, an, as the senior <laughs> analyst, actually do the investment process. Yep. And so by doing that, they start to watch what we do and they mm, start to learn and get more confidence. And mm. then the, their plan is to take out another 100000 sort of another six months down the track as they get more confidence. And what and we by, do is really the conservative. Two, yep. And by the time two to three years has gone past, they're basically managing all their money. Mm. Look, I mean, like I said, what we do is very conservative compared to what some people want to do with their trading. Yep. So not only are they using it to generate um, growth in their self-managed super fund, but they're using it to generate an income outside of their super fund. Yeah, So they can be right. doing both, come up, we, we yep. help them come up with strategies for both. Yeah. So just to uh, finish off on that um, point you were raising, look, uh, self-managed super funds um, provide individual trustees with an ability to take control of when, where and how they wish to invest their funds. Sounds good. You've, you've pretty much sold me, I think. Good. What sorts of investments or assets could someone in their 50s be looking at to help them build a retirement nest egg? Okay, this is a, um, a tricky question because we're not, licensed or legally allowed to provide financial advice. Sure. So I want to make sure that people understand Mm. that um, this is not financial advice and they shouldn't just go away and do it. They should actually get um, professional advice in their own situations. And do their research on the internet. Do their research accordingly. We've got a booklet, haven't we, that they can get as well? In regard to? For some information. Um, yeah, we've got a self-managed superannuation pack that we can provide. It's got frequently asked questions, but okay. this is more. You, I, I think you're sort of leading more in towards um, the type of assets that people can get into mm. um, their self-managed. Which is a different uh, kettle yeah, of fish. Which yeah. is a different kettle of fish. So the question is really quite far-reaching. Is there a really a number of considerations that need to be taken into account? A number of these I mentioned at the start of this podcast. Um, the first is the time horizon and how much time is there available before a person retires. The second is how much risk in a portfolio is an investor ready to accept. Mm. Um, another point is if investing in, in equities or shares through a fund manager, a suggested investment period is normally five years plus. Mm-hmm. Um, equities, depending on how they're managed and depending on the objective stated, can be of an aggressive or a conservative nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can also have um, active or passive management. Okay. Uh, 
and have investment ranges um, of being fully invested all the time in the market or as wealth within product uh, being able to move it partially or fully into cash at any time. Mm-hmm. And this um, assists in us being able to avoid the substantial downsides that have occurred over the past few years because people going into something that's fully invested all the time, mm-hmm. they're at the uh, mercy of the market. Sure. So they're going to have some rather large downsides at time and then they've got to actually recover them all the time. Yes. Um, so direct share trading can be most beneficial, however, um, providing the knowledge and experience is, is, is there. But just one thing, if, if I'm thinking about particular assets to put in my self-managed super fund, I mean, I could just decide that I'm going to do it and keep really, really simple yep. and just go for cash and shares and that's it. You mm-hmm. know, if that's the way I wanted to do it, then I don't need to do a hell of a lot of research and work on it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, another area is property. Um, and this can be um, beneficial too, but you've got to remember that uh, property also runs in cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, so purchasing direct property, um, normally residential, is and can be um, advantageous to your superannuation fund. Um, or if you don't want to do it directly and um, in, in real terms, you can actually use a, a managed fund which will cover off on commercial um, property and that sort of stuff without the additional uh, expense of having to Mm. Um, worry yourself to death with all the different things that you're required to do with owning a property of such a nature. Yeah, someone so, I was talking to recently actually invested in a service station um, yep. and we're getting really nice returns, 8 or 9% out of those, yeah. which I thought was quite That's interesting. Good. Yep. Um, it's also um, quite important to note the differences between listed and unlisted property. I'm not going, going to go yeah. into a great deal of um, detail here, otherwise we'll really be here all afternoon. Yep. Um, other investment areas of fixed interest. For anyone that is not aware, this investment medium to the uninitiated can cause concern as this sector is uh, open to volatility. It just operates on different cycles to property and equities. Yeah, sure. So um, it's As just one seen. to be wary of fixed interest because if interest rates are going down, mm. generally you'll get reasonable fixed interest rates in managed funds. But if interest rates yep. are going up, it's the opposite way around. Okay. So it's counter counter to the um, the to normal the thinking. Cycle. Yep. yep. Um, cash always a safe haven, but do not get caught out as a real value spending power in the future could well be diminished if. if the returns you get from the cash do not have sufficient margin above inflation. Yep, so if inflation starts taking off, then you're making nothing or going well, backwards. Or you're locked into a, an investment that mm. might only be returning 3 or 4%, yeah. and inflation starts running at 45 or well, you're mm. miles behind the eight ball. Yep. Um, look, there are over 5,000-plus managed investment funds available across almost every asset sector, so there's plenty of choice. It's therefore most important to fully research and have knowledge of investments that you are considering. Otherwise, really necessary to seek mm. professional assistance. Okay. Is there anything that, that was a big um, big one for you, wasn't it? Well, you <laughs> asked the question. We got an answer. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that you can't invest in with your self-managed super fund? Look, um, various rules do exist. However, however look, I've, as I've indicated, the available investment range is quite huge, mm. you know, from direct shares, managed investments, collectibles, art, mm. etc. Um, you actually brought up a good point um, what we were talking about this afternoon in regard oh, to you art. you can't have the painting yeah, You can't have the wall. painting on your own wall. Um, <laughs> but So you can invest in art, but you can't have it ha- at home. You're getting so, a personal benefit out of it. Yep, yeah. and that's a bit like property. You can't buy a property that mm. you have a direct interest in. Yeah, um, in someone... other words, it's a holiday house or something like that. It's got yeah. to be a property that is 
um, well and truly at arm's length. Yeah, I heard someone wanting to put their grandmother in a place and do it that way. <laughs> Not going to work. <laughs> okay. No. Um, so property must be of a standalone um, investment only nature and um, have no domestic relationship back to anybody that's involved with the self-managed super fund or the family. Mm -hmm. um, business real property is a different story again, okay. and that is acceptable, but there are still certain rules that exist. And really, if you're going to go in those these sort of areas, full research is required mm. and understanding of what you're getting into. Okay. And people must talk to their accountants and those sort of people to make sure they're getting it structured properly if they're going to put real property into a self-managed super fund. Now, here's a really important one for a lot of people. If you are nearing retirement and you want to move to transition to retirement in a few years, what sorts of things do you need to know? Why do you ask? Oh, um, well, I'm just thinking of a future plan. You said to plan. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I'm using transition to retirement myself. <laughs> so there you go. Um, look, if you have little or only some knowledge, please, I, as I, I can only reiterate, seek professional assistance. Mm. Secondly, moving to transition to retirement, understand the reasons why you're doing this. Um, and if, look, people are not sure of who to go to, are you, have you got um, anyone that you would suggest they talk to? Um, I'd need to talk to the individuals first. Okay. Because I wouldn't just um, hand pass out names to, of, of different people because different people specialise in different components of superannuation okay. and transition to retirement and pensions and mm -hmm. those sort of things. Superannuation is such a wide area mm. and specialists... Um, are generally not found right across the whole whole medium. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Um, but um, just a, a few points. Um, you've got to understand the reasons why that you're mm. getting into the self-managed super fund and going into um, transition to retirement. So you've got to ask yourself: Is it to create further income to supplement your your current income? Mm -hmm. And do you really need to do it? All right. Um, what is your age, and how does tax impact on me? Over, for instance, over fifty-five. Um, age groups, ta um, your income on that's going to be taxed. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're over 60, there's no in no tax to be paid on the income you're okay. taking. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you there's, on the amount that you're drawing the funds from in transition to retirement, there's no tax on the earnings in it. But they're changing the age that people can get the pension all the time, aren't they? Um, they moving. did back a few years ago, but yeah. it hasn't sort of changed in, in mm. recent times. Yeah, whether there's federal government start changing these things look who knows but um, more look, reason to prepare for it yeah um yeah they've never made this sort of thing retrospective and you know mm. that'd be diabolical for everybody if they did yeah. um and depending on how much you need to supplement your income will be a very determining factor on how much super is allocated to um, transition to retirement mm -hmm. and how much is left to continue as an accumulation component of your super because you can mm -hmm. ra run both those accounts right. simultaneously. Okay, yep. great. So Janine, you can see from this there are quite a few points which need to be appraised and considerable forward planning is required. So there's that plan word again. Yes, I think I'm going to have to listen to this recording again. <laughs> so what about insurance? Can you buy this through your super fund? Uh, uh, last, probably the easiest question you have asked, but um, believe me, if you go and have a look at some of the information that I've looked at recently, mm. um, they try and make it so complicated. So uh, yes, insurance can be purchased through the self-managed super fund. This is one of the points I always talk with prospective um, self-managed super fund clients about, mm -hmm. um, as insurance is often forgotten in the haste to set up the self-managed super fund. Um, in many cases, the existing super fund already carries life insurance. And also, in many cases, right. to, um, total and permanent disability. Yeah, and that's right. If the existing super fund is closed, 
cover is actually lost. Mm-hmm. And people forget about that, and then they go and try and get the superannuation um, externally, mm. and then for whatever reason, they find they've got some ailment or something, there's a huge loading goes on the cost of it, Gee. of the premium, and so therefore... It, it finished up costing them twice as much as what it would have if they had have left, the, left their money there. So in some cases, it might be better that you leave five something. or five or ten thousand dollars to your existing mm. existing super, so as you can maintain the existing That's life really cover that point. you've got. Mm-hmm. So even though I said, look, it's probably the easiest question you've given me. Yeah, um, that's probably saved me a lot of there's, money. Thank there's, you. <laughs> there's, there's, um, you know, like mm. a set of scales, there's balances that have to be taken into consideration of what's okay. the best way to, to take it. So, you know, my suggestion is go and get um, some quotes from some insurance brokers or insurance agents or those sort of things as to what it's going to cost you mm-hmm. to have your super um, set up within your self-managed super fund. And when we, when we introduce the new platform, we'll have insurances on that platform. Yeah, insurances will be available through the new platform. Okay. that'll yep. be interesting. Okay, so is that all we need to cover on the insurance side of it? I think so at this stage. With a self-managed super fund, this is another one for you, is it possible to set... I wonder if this is going to be as simple as the last one. Is it possible to set up, set one up to, to run super for the whole family in one fund? And what is the advantage of doing that? This, that's just a, an idea I was thinking about. Yeah. It seems like a cost-effective way to do it. Would you agree? Yeah, on the surface, yes, it is a very cost-effective um, uh, method of doing it. Um, a self-managed super fund vehicle is most advantageous as you get economies of scale um, that work very favourably for a family. Mm. But um, it must be noted that maximum number of members that you can have in a self-managed super fund is four. Yep. Okay. Um, so for very large families, some rethinking obviously is going to be necessary. Yeah. So um, it may be that um, you're going to need to set up two self-managed super funds. Yep. Um, or you just take the senior parties of the of the family or it just happens to be left with mum and dad and mm. the older children set up their own self-managed super fund. That's or something an idea, like a way so, around it. So there's a, there's a few different ways around it, but it's yeah. up to the individuals to do it. But okay. you can have up to four members in the self-managed super fund, but they all have to be interrelated. Okay. Other points that need to be considered are the ongoing costs that are involved. I mentioned very early on in this um, session that um, costs were a thing that needed to be taken into consideration. I've seen some um, charges at the very high end, three and a half thousand plus really? a year for administration and audit. Yeah, that's and that's Gosh. for just an individual trustee arrangement. Other, other th- charge considerably less. For instance, in accountancy. Um, for instance, the sorry, the accountants that we use. Mm. Um, our accountants, they charge um, admin and audit, and that charge is only $1,210 okay. for a two members, and that's for a two member self managed super fund on an individual trustee basis. Okay. So it is important that some homework is done in making sure that the basic costs are at a level commensurate with the level of funds mm. held in a self managed super fund. So you need fund. to have enough, so, enough of a balance to justify those costs. Yeah. Let, yeah. let me give you a little um, example. For instance, if someone's got $100,000 to put into their self managed super fund, as a matter of fact, that's a rule of thumb that we tend to use because that's really the cut-off point um, at the bottom end of it. That's the bare bones of it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, you know, look, I have seen people that have come in and set them up for eighty-five and ninety thousand dollars, knowing they're going to be contributing to the maximum of twenty-five thousand that's available at the moment. So immediately within the next twelve months, they'll be over the hundred thousand oh, okay. anyway. But um, for a hundred thousand dollars, so for two hundred thousand, you'd be all right. Well, yeah. Surely. Well, a hundred thousand dollars—it's only one point two percent in fees through us. 
Yep. But obviously, if you went to somewhere else, it could be up to three and a half thousand. So that's three point five. So <laughs> you've got to try and get your money back. And of course, yeah. if you only had fifty thousand dollars, well, um, from our point of view, you'd be um, losing two point five four percent, which you've got to try and recover. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to recover inflation at the same time, at, let's say it's running at three, mm. we're well, looking at five point four percent that you've got to try and recover. Yep. And that's, a lot of people don't think of that. That's very very difficult to do over Good a period point. of time. So and you of course losing a lot of money out of your superannuation. So, you know the fees are are, are quite important. As you mentioned, if you've got two hundred thousand, well, mm. our fees are only going to cost you point six percent. Yep. So okay. So are there any final thoughts that you'd like to leave with the listeners with? Just um, wanting to make sure that I have you know yeah. got every single bit oh, out look, of you that I possibly can. Because of some of the things you've said, there's there's lots and lots of thoughts that have been going through my head, um, and there's a lot of other things that um, I'd like to touch on. But while we've covered a considerable amount of subject matter during this session, I think it's important that anyone who has or is contemplating establishing their own self-managed super fund really takes some additional time to make themselves um, totally conversant. And it was conversant as possible with all the rules relating to superannuation. Yes. Yeah, sure. um, super may appear to be um, highly regulated, but it's not all that that daunting. And if needed, um, the assistance of a professional person to refer any issues that arise that you can refer yeah. to for any issues and things that arise. Um, that can help. Uh, they're always there. They can always help you in the responsibilities that you as a trustee have. Look, I have a bit of an issue with some advisors in that you know that they've got a vested interest obviously in some cases to get people to um, put their money into certain areas and we've seen that through the GFC a lot of um, people got burnt into different investments so I guess to a certain extent you've still got to have your you know your own ideas about what it is you want to do and most people that I talk to once they've done a little bit of research they pretty well know what they want to do yep. and you know sometimes I hear I get stories from people about they were led down the path of investing in something that they really didn't want to or didn't really understand mm. but they, their arm was twisted and, and I think there was a, an article in the Herald Sun some weeks back about a lady in that situation that she's inherited a certain amount of money and um, one of the big institutions, I won't name any names, but one of their representatives who was supposed to help this woman um, actually um, told her to invest in something that she had absolutely no understanding about what the true risks yeah. were involved. And the poor Terrible. woman, she you know, was beside herself mm. and as to you know, how she could have ended up in that situation. Yep. So that's not where you want to be. No, it's not. And the key thing out of what you just spoke about mm. is get a piece of paper out write down a plan mm-hmm. and write down what you want to achieve and where you want yep. to be at a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so planning becomes the, um, the the key point here. Yeah, I'd probably do that at the traffic light. <laughs> yeah, right. I want to maximise my time these days, you know, how busy life is. All right, look, um, so I think we're nearly coming to an end now. So, look, thank you so much, Colin, for talking to us today. We, I really appreciate your insight, and I know the listeners do too. We've had a few emails indicating that's the case, and if you want to send in an email and you've got any comments or ask any questions, by all means do. And if someone's looking for more information of a bit of assistance and they actually want to talk to someone, well, you know that Colin is here so that you can do that. Um, you might want to call in now, however, Colin might like to go home soon. <laughs> um, look, I know that in speaking to a gentleman last week that there are listeners who would appreciate some free information that they can download off the website. Um, we do have that, as mentioned before. Um, Colin, is there anything else that you wanted to mention? Um, yeah, look, 
if people want some information, um, just general information, um, I guess um, the best starting point is really to go and have a look at the um, ATO website because at the end of the day, the ATO are the ones that uh, make the rules and regulate your self-managed super funds. Good point. So uh, if people wanted to scribble down the um, website address, it's uh, www.ato.gov dot au forward slash super funds and uh, go in there and there's a whole lot of subheadings and uh, and various mm. information that is quite informative so um, you okay. know if I can suggest that um, people go there and have a bit of a look around and a browse that um, may be most beneficial to a lot of people mm-hmm. um, and once and once again, as you said, look, if any of our listeners would like to discuss any general matters relative to establishing a self-managed super fund, they can contact me here at Wealth Within, either by phone or email. So um, that's Colin Owens, just in case I didn't mention you. Yeah, I didn't think just I in case. your full name. Yeah. So um, you can either um, send a inquiry note through at, to um, info, info, at wealthwithin.com.au or just phone through. Nine two nine zero double nine double nine, and just ask for, for ask, ask for Colin. And now that yep. Janine's got all the information, you could possibly ask for her. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I hope you, our listeners, have enjoyed our discussion today, and I wish you all the best in pursuing your own superannuation strategy. Bye for now. <laughs> 